0: So I'm here with my wonderful wife, Robin. We just fairly recently celebrated 40 years of marriage. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know. We don't look that old, but, you know, she was 10 and I was 12 when we got married. So, and we've, we're coming up on our 29th anniversary as missionaries. So March 12, 93, we moved to Belgium and pastored a Pentecostal church there, and that's how it all got started. Hallelujah. And uh, so we are living just outside of Budapest, Hungary right now. We have a Bible school in Budapest. It's called Destinations. And that's the name of our ministry with an emphasis on nations. Because, you know, actually Mark Hankins prophesied to us maybe 20 years ago. He said, don't unpack your bags. You're not done moving and traveling. And so we've actually lived, I think, in seven different countries. I lost track. But uh, we, we just you know we're, we just keep ministering and God keeps leading us to other nations. We recently graduated a Bible school class in southern Poland. That was a, a really good deal, a really good experience. We really felt like the students received and, and grew in that. And our Bible school in Budapest is actually brand new. We've only had two sessions yet so far. but it's, we're believing for it to grow spiritually, grow in numbers. The Lord spoke to us you know, when we had our first session. Uh, he spoke to both of us and really said, grow the school. You know, it, it was not like whatever you start with is all you get for the whole term. But we're growing the school. Wow. Amen. Wow. And so we also have it on our heart. We're going to be starting a church in our home here after we get back. Uh, we've, we've already got these cards made up and everything. We're going to start just a Bible school in our home, in our, in our little community right there. And believing God for interpreters and believing God for... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's going to be a church. Well, we're calling it a Bible study on the card. Uh, But the intent and the purpose is to plant our church right there in our village, our community. So we would appreciate you if you would take the time uh, to remember us in prayer. How many know that prayer is is effective and prayer is important? Amen. You know, we've had some things recently that um, could have gone one way, could have gone this way. And we buckled down in prayer. Uh, things that could have gone really bad. But i tell you what, I'm just seeing miracle after miracle. And I, and I thank God I have a woman of faith that I've been married to forever. Praise God. I'm telling you, because when I get worried and stressed, she's the one who always says, don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. That's, that's her. Amen. And um, we've had some really, really wonderful breakthroughs. And, I, and, and prayer really works. I mean, uh, we've probably all felt that sometimes, does this really work? Does this, you know, what's happening? Haven't seen any really breakthroughs in prayer in a while, but we've been seeing some really good breakthroughs. Amen. And the power of prayers. And I'm saying that because we covet your prayers. You know, sometimes we, we, we raised three kids on the mission field, and then we adopted another one. But, uh, you know, had a pretty full house there for a while. Well, it's real quiet right now. All of our kids have moved out. Our son lives in Arlington with his wife. We have a daughter living in the West Coast with her husband and our one and only grandchild so far. And then our third child is going to Regent University down there in Norfolk. But they all left us, you know? They just left us. And so we recently adopted a dog, but it's not quite the eh? same. George. Yeah. I know, George is a character, anyway, so we adopted a dog, but um, knowing that there's people back here praying for us, standing together with us, you know, every now and then I'll just call a pastor, I'll call a friend, Robin will call someone, you know, and it is so wonderful to know that people are praying, and people are believing God together with us, amen, that we're not alone out there doing that, amen. And so I think that's enough about who we are, what we're doing. Praise God. Um, I want to pray just a real short prayer as we get started here and just trust the Holy Ghost that we just say what needs to be said. Amen. You know, we can all remember services that we were in that changed our lives. Let's let this be one of those. Amen. It, It might be one statement that God speaks to your heart today. Just one. I can... I keep thinking of these quotes that I've heard from different ministers in my life. And I've got a bunch of one-liners from Mark Hankins. You know, like one time I heard him say, don't criticize my harvest or don't judge my harvest until you've seen my seed. And that one changed my life. He also said, be nice to the little guy on his way up. You just might meet him on your way down. (laughs) Things like that. But I'm believing God some things that will change you today. Amen? And so, Father God, we just... Counted an honor and a privilege to come into your holy presence today. Lord God, we just want to bless you and minister. It's all about you, it's all about lifting up your name. And we're so thankful for Jesus, all that he did on that cross for us to set us free. And so, Father, as we dig into the Word of God today, I thank you, the truth will set us free. And so, we're believing for that. We thank you, we have ears to hear, hearts to understand what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I hope everybody has some sort of Bible, electronic or or something, because we really need to look at some scriptures. We're not going to jump all over the Bible. We're going to really hit Hebrews 9 and 10, some of those passages, because there's a powerful revelation that the writer of Hebrews is trying to get across to us. And so we want to look at that. And if you guys are going to do scriptures up there, that'll be easier for you. Because we're just going to go line upon line here for a bit. You know, I mentioned a minute ago how the, 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 the Word of God says you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And um, so we can say this, the more truth you know, the more free you will be. Amen? And everybody thinks they know the truth. I mean, you talk to this denomination or that denomination or, or the Orthodox Church. They all believe they know the truth. We all think we know the truth. But we have to ask ourselves, well, how free am I? Am I do I have areas of my life where I'm not really that free? Maybe I'm free right, right, right now. I'm walking in, in health. I don't have any symptoms. Hey, I'm free. But, you know, financially, I have, I'm behind on this bill or I'm behind on that bill. Do you know what I'm talking about? I believe that the work that Jesus did on the cross was enough, the shedding of His blood, the resurrection, to set us free in every area of life. Amen? You know, in Galatians, and I'm just going to trust the Holy Ghost. We'll get through this in time and everything. But in Galatians 3, where it says in verse 13, I'm sure you've heard Pastor teach on this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Have you ever heard that verse? The next part changed my life. But becoming a curse for us. And so what I began to realize is that everything that Jesus became, He redeemed us from. How did He do it? How did He redeem us? By becoming the problem. He became sin that we might be the righteousness of God. He became poor in 2 Corinthians 8 9 that we might be rich. And I'm not going to take the time to go read all this and everything, but it's enough. It's enough. And we know about the stripes on his back. He became physically disabled, beaten, bruised for our physical bodies. And that's what communion is about. Amen. Discerning the Lord's body, what he did for us. And so I think we can walk in more freedom than we're walking in. Amen. And this message today, I just... This is actually a fairly re- recent new message that the Lord had me put together for our Bible school, and I want to share it with you. We're going to start in Hebrews chapter 9. And the na- the title of this message, and I usually don't give titles because I don't want to feel <laughs> locked into it, but the title of this message is A Perfect Conscience. God wants you to have a perfect conscience. And I'm going to show you why, and I'm going to show you what that means Here in just a few minutes. How many would love to have a perfect conscience? Amen. Amen. And I think sometimes this is an area where we sometimes struggle. Um, Anyway, let's get into the scriptures here. And, you know, you're going to like this. You know, sometimes when you get really dig into the scriptures and you're reading and some people, you know, fade away. But I think you're going to love this. Hebrews chapter 9, starting in verse number 6. Now, when these things had been thus prepared, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. So what we're going to see here between Hebrews 9 and 10, we're going to see a comparison between the way the priests did it under the Old Covenant and what Jesus did under the New Covenant. The writer of Hebrews is comparing the two. Verse 7, but into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and the people's sins committed in ignorance. Everybody say once a year. Once a year. year. That was significant. And what you're going to see in the next several verses, we're going to see the word once over and over and over. And that's what caught my attention and made me start studying this. You're going to see the word one or the word once Repeatedly in the next several verses. Amen. So, here once a year, the priest went in there, verse 8, the Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was standing. It was symbolic for the present time, in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot, now, this, this is, this, I want you to get this, which cannot. Make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. In other words, there was something wrong with the Old Testament system of sacrifices for the people's sin. It was was required, it was what was necessary at the time, but it had a major shortcoming, and we're going to get into that in a minute. It could never make the people perfect in regard to the conscience. There was a problem with it, and that's not the will of God. The will of God is for you to have a clean conscience, a a conscience free of guilt and free of shame. And we're going to see how that's possible here in the next few verses. All right, so let's continue on. So the Old Covenant way of doing these things could not make people... And the word perfect, like, like Pastor Tim said recently, it doesn't mean perfect in that there's no imperfections. It means mature. It means complete. Amen. Con- uh, concerned, It was verse 10, concerned only with foods, drinks, da-da-da. Let's go to verse 11. But Christ, whenever you see the word but in the Bible, now I know I talked about this a year ago or whenever, I think you need to pay attention to that. I mean, sometimes we're on the wrong side of the but, and, and usually when you, see, when you see but God, something good is about to be said. Something good is, supposed to, is coming. Amen. But Christ, I mean, there's a passage over in Ephesians chapter 2. It talks about, you know, all the nasty sins that we do and all the nasty ways that men are. But then it goes on and it says, but God. Phew, thank God. Amen. With the great love wherewith He loved us, gave His Son and set us free. Tell you what, it's good stuff. But Christ came as the high priest of the good things to come with the greater And more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is not of this creation, talking about his physical body. Look at this, verse 12. Not with the blood of bulls and goats, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once, everybody say once, for all having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of the bulls and the goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience? Now, I don't know if we're doing this. Oh, we are doing the same translation. Great. From dead works to serve the living God. Cleanse your conscience. You know, what I'm beginning to see in these passages is that God cares about your conscience. He cares about your conscience. Because how many know a a righteousness consciousness will cause you to live differently than a sin consciousness? Amen? If we're going through life always mindful of our sins, mindful of our mistakes, it will hinder us from stepping out into the areas of faith where God wants you to be bold. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to do something for the kingdom of heaven. Amen? He wants us to get, we've all got a past. How many of you never had a past? No hands. We've all got a past. We've all got junk. We've all got stuff. Stuff that you could maybe feel guilty about or ashamed of. Am I right? I'm not talking. To, I'm not saying that so that you'll dwell on it or think about it. But we've all got it. But you know, we know 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Whosoever is in Christ is a new creature. Behold, old things have passed away and all things have become new. Amen. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm... We are going to jump just a little bit. I want to hold your place in Hebrews 9 and look at Galatians 5. And this verse came to me while we were worshiping. And by the way, the worship, that was wonderful. That was really nice. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, and then we'll come back to Hebrews 9. It says, stand fast, therefore, we're talking about freedom today. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty or freedom by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What is he talking about? What, what is the yoke of bondage? The yoke of bondage with the, the Galatians were getting back into was circumcision, which is what? Works. It's it's uh, And, and the, getting back under the law. He said, no, wait, wait, wait. Jesus set you free? I mean... We could really get into this. Jesus set you free by faith in Him. Why would you go back under the the law? Go back under the works. You are free. Stand fast in that freedom, Amen. Well, guilt and shame will put you back under works and the law, trying trying to and really dead works or or the Bible calls them filthy rags. What is it? It's simply anything you do to try to earn. Faith or, I mean, favor or grace with God when you try to earn it. It's a gift of God, not not, not of man, not that we can boast. There's nothing we can boast about. He gets 100%, not just 99% of the glory. He gets it all. Amen? Where would we be without Jesus? Where would we be without that blood? So it's easy to slip back in to that mentality especially when we do make a mistake or something and I, I share this story about when we pastored in Belgium which was the beginning of our missions career 1993 we took a Pentecostal church in Belgium and and uh, we had this young man he was actually an Italian man and he had this nice Alfa Romeo car but uh, he didn't have the, the kind of employment to support that car <laughs> anyway you know, and, and, and Pastor, you know that from week to week, your offerings usually run about, give or take the same, unless there's some special speaker or something, especially in our church in Belgium. I mean, you could pretty much tell exactly what the next Sunday morning offering will be. And, uh, but then one Sunday morning, the offering was huge. And um, after the service, that Italian guy came up to us, and he said, did you notice how big the offering was? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, you know that Alfa Romeo, I really couldn't afford it. So I took it out into the woods and I burned it and I cashed in on the insurance. And this is the tithe on the insurance. He tithed on the insurance. I, maybe that's good, I don't know. But he broke the law, committed insurance fraud, and then tithed on the proceeds. What, what is that? That's a little bit of guilt, isn't it? Shame or something? Or trying to earn the forgiveness of God? No, I didn't give the money back, but anyway. <laughs> we probably should have. Oh, <laughs> Anyway. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. All right, so we, t- we read in verse 14 that the blood of Jesus cleanses your conscience from what? Dead works to serve the living God. Without the clean conscience, it's more difficult to serve God. Amen? All right, uh, let's jump down a little bit. Let's go down to verse number, oh, verse 18. I might take a short sidetrack here. Verse 18, therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood, talking about the time of Moses, when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood. Everybody say, took the blood. blood. Even today, we're supposed to take the blood. And I want to explain to you what that means. Now, what he did, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop, sprinkled the book itself, all the people, And he had a confession. He said, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. And likewise, he sprinkled both uh, with blood the tabernacle and the vessels. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. One thing, it's a whole other message that I have. I just want to touch on it for a second. We see, especially through some of the Old Testament examples, uh, the covenants that God made with man always had a token or a symbol just like this ring is a symbol of my marriage to robin and there's there's symbols all throughout our society even today even a 20 dollar bill is just really a piece of paper with ink but it represents something and you can buy you know some cheeseburgers with it or whatever it's a symbol but the exchanging of that symbol they'll give you something and um the first example I noticed in the Bible was the rainbow. And we won't take time, but when God made that covenant with Noah that he wouldn't flood the earth again, he said, I do set my bow in the clouds as a token of this covenant. And he said, when I look at it, I always thought the, to- the rainbow was for us, to remind us that it'll never flood the earth again. And possibly it is, but the scripture in Genesis 9 says, when I look at it, I will remember this covenant and I'll never flood the earth again. And then another example is uh, you, you, the, the Passover in Exodus chapter 12. He said what? Take a lamb, take a spotless lamb. But he didn't just say shed its blood and just leave it there. They, remember, you, you know the story. They had to do what? They had to take the blood. And they had to make it visible. And God said, when I see the blood... Is there any New Testament application to this? When I see the blood. They had to put the blood on the doorposts by faith, didn't they? In obedience, but by faith. And God delivered them. In fact, that's the only thing that made a difference between them and the Egyptians was the blood. Without that blood, the firstborn of the Hebrews would have also passed away. Amen? And they had to stay in the house. I call it the house of faith. They had to stay behind the symbol of the covenant. And God had to be able to see it. It's the same with Rahab. Remember the two spies that she hid? And she said, it was her idea. She said, let's make some sort of covenant here when you guys take over the city that you don't kill me. And so they, they said, okay. And there's so much I'd like to share on this. but um, So they, they agreed on the scarlet cord. You've all heard the story. You know about the scarlet cord. What, 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 what would have happened if she had just stuck that in a drawer somewhere? Oh, this is just a symbol. It's not so important. We all know it had to be visible, didn't it? That the spies had to be able to see that scarlet cord out the window. And so the symbols of the covenant. Our covenant, our New Testament covenant, is the blood of Jesus. And I can show you many scriptures about that. But that's the symbol of our covenant. But I do believe the principle of taking the blood still applies. What do you do with the blood of Jesus? You know it was shed, but is that it? You know, even when, when Adam and Eve sinned and God finally, they, they tried to hide their sin with the fig leaves, but God killed an animal. He shed blood, but they had to put on the, the skins. They had to put it on. And I believe under the new covenant, and that's why I was glad this morning we're singing about the blood. We talk about the blood Our tongue is what puts the blood on the doorposts of our house. You know, our children, and Robin and I still do this today. Robin will go out to run some errands, and I'll say, I cover you in the blood. I cover you in the blood. What am I doing? I'm demonstrating, you know, God can see faith. He can hear faith. And what is your faith in? Our faith is in the blood. Our faith is in the blood. It's the symbol of this new covenant, and it needs to be visible in your life. That was a little sidetracked there. All right, let's go back to Hebrews. Now we're going to jump to verse 24 of chapter 9. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should have offered himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year. Everybody say every year. Every year. Boring with blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often, talking about Jesus, since the foundation of the world. But now, once, everybody say once. once. At the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as, and as it is appointed for men to die once, everybody say once. once. But after this, the judgment. So, verse 28, Christ was offered once. To bear the sins of of many, to those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. So the writer, I think, is emphasizing the word once. He's emphasizing a finality. It was enough. Amen? The sacrifice of Jesus, the shedding of his blood, only had to happen one time. And if I had more time, I'd kind of show you this comparison, old and new But, you know, calves and goats, Jesus. You know, the blood of calves and goats, the blood of Jesus. Sacrifice made every year, sacrifice made once. It doesn't have to happen again. Right? It's done. It's done for me. It's done for you. And why is he making a big deal out of this? Verse 1 of chapter 10. <clears throat> Excuse me, for the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things, look at this, can never, with those same sacrifices which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. This was a big shortcoming with the Old Testament sacrifices. They could never grow up, they could never be complete. Why? Here's, here's why. For then would they not have ceased to offer? For the worshipers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sin. They were never made perfect. They were never complete because there was a constant reminder that you're a sinner every year. But in those sacrifices, look at verse 3, there is a reminder of sins every year. Because, verse 4, it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats can take away sin. Amen. Amen. Let's jump down to verse number 10 of chapter 10. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Verse 11, and every high priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But this man, there's the word but again. Got all these Old Testament problems, but, but this man, I don't know about you, but that just means something to me. Verse 12, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. And from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, four by one, everybody say one. One of, why is the Bible saying one, 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 once, once? There's got to be something there. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us that for after he had said before, this is the new covenant that he said he would do. He says, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. And then he adds, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Verse 18 has always meant a lot to me. Now where, now where there is remission of sins, there is no longer an offering for sin. I think all of us at some point have been guilty of, and we all make mistakes, we all sin sometimes. What do you do when that happens? Have you ever put a little bit more in the offering? Have you ever, well, I'll help with Children's Church this time, or done anything to to relieve your guilt? We probably all have to some degree. We don't go out there and sacrifice a lamb unless you live over where Jeremy is. They do that stuff over there. (laughs) Not not Jeremy's house, but the neighbor's, you know. But anyway, it's kind of almost subconscious. Or you sacrifice your, your joy. I messed up. And I think I'm just going to be down for a little while. I mean, I'm not saying you re- you mess up and you rejoice. I'm not saying that either. But what do we do? What's First John 1, 9? If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What day of the week does that work on? Does that work just on Sundays? Does it work just in America? No, it's... 24-7, all around the world, if we confess our sin, He is not going to, well, not today. I'm not going to forgive you today. That's one too many times. No, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. But then we go on and we keep thinking about it, and we just mourn for a little bit, depending on the sin. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> But this is, this is not God's best for you, is it? We all still make mistakes, but you just give it to God. As soon as you can, as soon as, as soon as it's possible, you give it to God and you say, Father, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you. Hallelujah. All right, just a few more verses and we're going to be done. Uh, where are we? Um, so verse 18, there is no longer an offering for sin. There's nothing else you can do. And, and really, no, nothing you would offer anyway would even get come close to paying for the sin. Right. Nothing you could do would come close to paying for the sin anyway. Right. For the wages of sin are death. And even if I died for my sin, I'm not a worthy sacrifice. I'm not very spotless. So we won't even try that. Let's go it a little farther. We're almost done. Verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness, this is where the clear conscience comes in and blesses you, boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh. Having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. We're getting somewhere here. With a true heart in full assurance of faith... Having our hearts sprinkled from an even evil conscience, there's the word conscience again, and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Amen. Amen. So I want us to pray here just for a moment uh, and... Um, First thing, I want, I want to give an invitation. If there's anyone here who has not made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, of course, we don't want to miss you. You're, you're, you're what, you are what this is all about. You people, the lost, is why Anchor Church is here. I know Anchor Church spends time and, and energy and, and wisdom uh, encouraging the believers, training the believers to do what? The work of the ministry which ultimately is the winning of the lost. Isn't that right? Amen. I, I know I, I don't know 99% of you here, but I believe if Jesus came back today, you'd be, you'd be gone, you'd be go- and, and so you're not the primary target of all this. Your life is sealed by the Holy Ghost. You're on your way to heaven. Amen, you believe that? Hallelujah, you're on your way to heaven. But there's people, there's multitudes and multitudes that yet are not. Praise God. So let's just pray a couple things. Father God, thank you, Lord God, for the word. Thank you for the things that you've been speaking to us today. And Father God, I just pray right now, and I, I give this invitation. Father, if there be anyone here today that has never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that now, today is the day, now is the time. And so if, if, if I'm talking to you, if you're here in this room and you've never accepted the Lord Jesus, maybe you've even been to church for a long time, but you've never actually accepted the Lord, you've never made a public confession of your faith in Him, this is your time. And so if you're here, if that's you, I'd like you to raise your hand so that I can pray for you. Hallelujah. Is there anyone in this room? You're not sure if you were to die tonight that you'd go to heaven. You're not sure. You can be sure. You can know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now the second prayer I want us to do together, I want us to take a moment and the things that have plagued you, things you may have done, in the past, things you may have said, the way you've spoken to other people, it might have been this morning, it might have been 20 years ago, but it's been plaguing you, it still stays with you. It regrets. Regrets. We can't live our life dominated by our regrets. Although we could all have them. It's not the way to live a life. He went to a lot of trouble, the Lord Jesus, to free us up to free our conscience, to serve the living God. Amen. And so let's just take a moment, and I want you to just give it to God. We're going to just pray here, and anything that comes to mind, you're going to give it to God, and you're never, ever, ever, ever going to pick it up again. It's under the blood of Jesus. He said, I will remember your sins and iniquities no more. If He's not remembering them, why should we? Father in Heaven, we come to you in the name and by the blood of the Lord Jesus. We're so thankful for the cleansing blood that we can just come right into your presence. and we can wrap our arms around you and love you and hug you, and talk to you, Abba, Father. And Father, right now we just, those things of our past, those things that we did, those those stupid things, those foolish things that we said, that we did, Father God, I know that there's no sacrifice. There's no more sacrifices. There's nothing else coming. The blood of Jesus was enough. And I cover that event in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have faith in the forgiving, cleansing power of the blood. So I give it to you, Lord. Hallelujah. I know you've forgiven me. I know you've washed it away from my records as if it never even happened. So I say, it never even happened. It's now under the blood of Jesus. And Father, I will not meditate on it. I will not think about it. I will not talk about it. My conscience is being made perfect by the sacrifice and the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm free. And I'm free to serve the living God. And I'm free to to pronounce and proclaim Jesus Christ. I'm free to bless my brothers and my sisters. I'm free to worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No more guilt. No more shame. Hallelujah. All of us right now are just free, free, free. Let's just all stand real quick and lift your hands and just begin to just tell him, thank you, Lord, I'm free. Thank you, Lord, I'm free. Hallelujah. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed hallelujah the blood of jesus set me free none of that stuff matters anymore none of that stuff will plague my life my past does not dictate my future glory to god thank you lord thank you lord thank you for forgiveness thank you for grace hallelujah we receive the forgiveness of god praise the lord we receive a new conscience a perfect conscience thank God for Jesus hallelujah